welcome back to another edition of Champs Corner, the Alabama podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Drew Champlin. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, probably something else. Uh, Just search Champs Corner featuring Mark Jennings. And uh, we're going to talk about the Alabama-Arkansas State game. We're going to talk about the Hoover-Thompson game, answer some of your listener questions. But let me introduce the star of the show, the best in the business, Mark Jennings. How are you doing? Drew, as always, it is great being on the podcast. I'm so glad we're doing this every week again. My life had a, a void in it when we weren't doing the podcast. Now we're back doing it every week. I look forward to doing it. You know, I'm spending all my week breaking down film and 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 then I get to top it off by doing this once a week. I am fantastic, Drew. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, let's first off, I know somebody was asking me how your Dippin' Dots business went over at the Alabama-Arkansas State game on Saturday. We'll talk about the game itself later, later in the podcast. I know you watched film of that or watched a DVR of that, but did, did it go as well as you had hoped? Drew, my expectations were widely exceeded. Uh, I, I've got my new... I hired a business manager uh, a couple weeks ago. His name's Caden, a uh, highly intelligent guy. Just got his business degree from Shelton State. He's 23 years old, uh, highly qualified, and he's been. Uh, he did a lot of the stuff on Saturday since I couldn't be there, and and he really ran the show. And and, and you know we exceeded expectations. You know we got these carts located all around the stadium to try to maximize profit, and only two of the carts didn't meet our expectations or our goals for selling the dipping dots. So it went fantastically. You know, we made hundreds of dollars this weekend at the dipping dots at Bryant Diddy, and I could not imagine that it would ever go any better than it did uh, Saturday. Caden, is this Caden with a K or a C? Caden with the K. K-A-A-Y-D-E-N. Caden. Caden. Two, two A's in there. Interesting. How did you find this guy? Well, he he's uh my wife knows him pretty well and 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 she highly recommended him that I hire him and and I interviewed him some and got to know him a little bit and he's been coming around some anyway just being, you know, knowing my wife. And so I just hired him to to, to help me with the business. My wife really likes him a lot and 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 you know, she likes it on Saturday. She likes getting out of my hair and going to hang out with him on Saturdays at the Dippin' Dots, and, and that's the way it's working. And, and Caden and her, they've got to get a lot of chemistry together when it comes to the business world. Uh, he's very knowledgeable, and she's a people person. So they really work well together. Uh, and I think that has a lot to do with why I made so much money Saturday with the Dippin' Dots. Well, if he went to Shelton State, that means he probably went to high school at Hillcrest, right? I guess so. I, I assume you know, Shelton State has a pipeline. Uh, that goes to Hillcrest High School. So that would make sense. I don't know. I haven't asked him that yet. He didn't list his high school on a resume. Uh, but next time I'll see him, I'll ask him. That's That does make sense, though, that you bring it up, Drew. Okay. Yeah, I just wondered. It's It's been a while since I made that connection. But, hey, let's get into talking about some recruits. And if I remember right, you were at the you know, Class 7A, number one, Thompson, at, at number two, Hoover. Hoover actually won the game 45-26. to 26. It was on TV, but you were actually at the game. It seems like I remember seeing a – uh, a tweet of yours, a picture before the game. That's correct. I was at the game, Drew. I didn't stay uh, for the whole game. I left a little early because, you know, I, you know, Hoover's not – I talked about this before. I don't like being at Hoover late at night. 
it's not the safest area. But, yeah, it was a fantastic game. Um, you know, Hoover won, as you said, basically because Hoover was better at most every position than Thompson other than quarterback. Uh, Hoover has a great young QB. Uh, he's made a lot better because Hoover has so many talented players around him. And for Thompson, is basically a one-man show with Talia, and you could tell the talent discrepancy between the two sides. Uh, Talia went 33 of 61 for 474 yards. Really ridiculous stats, four touchdowns, one interception. Played really well. So I was impressed with Talia uh, Tagovailoa at the game. I thought he played really well. It's just one of those situations where Thompson didn't have many, as many horses as Hoover did. Yeah, I think a lot of people think these two will be at the top of the region. Hewitt Trussville is going to have something to say about that, and I believe Hoover is at Hewitt Trussville this coming Friday with Paul Tyson, the Alabama quarterback commit, and you know Talia Tongavaloa is committed to Alabama, and yeah, he lost all of his receivers from last year. He's off to a good start to the season, but if I remember right, Hoover, I think uh, it seems like Thompson fumbled a punt inside their own ten, and you know you just can't do that against schools like Hoover but yeah let's talk a little bit about Robbie Ashford and maybe we'll get into his uh projections in a future podcast I really like this kid a lot he's a kid who was offered by schools like Georgia and Missouri before his sophomore year and this is a kid who's about 6'3 200 he's still only 15 years old so he's a very young junior and he's not even going to turn 16 until October and you hear a lot a lot of these kids they get held back a year for athletic purposes I think a lot of people really um, you know, when Jake Bentley graduated high school a year early, well, Jake Bentley turned a year older than his classmates in September. So he's exactly where he should be. But Robbie Ashford, he really could have been held back a year, but he skipped a grade. I remember uh, his dad or his mom emailed me when I was still at AL.com before his freshman year telling me to watch out for him. And usually I just dismiss those kind of emails. But this this guy was right. Robbie Ashford's really growing into his body. What, what was your impressions of him? I think you hit the nail on the head, Drew. He has a lot of unlocked potential because of the age difference, and he's very young. You know, he can't even drive to the games. Uh, I wonder if he does the thing where he, you know, drives with his parent, drives to the game with his parents in the front seat, and then he gets out, and his mom or dad comes over to, to take over the driver when they get there. I wonder if that's the situation going on there. But he is a very young player, Drew, and I, he is really impressive. He's already 6'3", as only a 15-year-old, 200 pounds. He's got the frame to put on about 15 to 20 more pounds of muscle. Uh, so he's going to be a fantastic player. I am looking forward to seeing how he develops over the next two years. I personally don't think that eight, by the time he becomes a, a senior in high school, I don't think the age thing's going to be a big deal. We, I mean, we already know who the great players are uh, by the time they're 17 anyway and in their junior year. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal for him. And I think that uh, there's going to be a big recruiting battle for him as his career pro career progresses. Yeah, I know Alabama likes Ashford a lot. I don't think they have offered, but I could be wrong there. Auburn has offered. He was at the Auburn game Saturday. So maybe he's Auburn's top target in that class. But we'll see what happens with him going forward. In this game, Auburn commitment, George Pickens. He's about a 6'4", 6'5", receiver, a senior Five catches for 87 yards, and uh, he committed to Auburn before his junior year, and Auburn was one of the first schools to extend that scholarship offer because he had not played much until his junior year, and then last year he really blew up. But it seems like Alabama is looking at him, maybe wanting him to flip. What are you hearing in terms of that, Mark? Are we still talking about Robbie Ashford? Uh, no, George Pickens, the receiver. Oh, George Pickens, the receiver. receiver. Oh, yeah, I think I have a pretty good authority that – that the Alabama coaching staff is is considering uh, whether or not they really want to make a push for him. 
to try to flip them from Auburn. They think that if they did that, they could they could flip them and, and get them in Tuscaloosa. Uh, issue here is that uh, George Pickens has some things he needs to get taken care of uh, before he goes to college, and that's something the Alabama staff is is currently debating and discussing uh, in terms of their strategy. So I think that Alabama could flip them. I'm not totally sure they want to yet, to be honest with you. Yeah, we compared, we talked about George Pickens a lot when we did separate Alabama and Auburn recruiting podcasts when I was still at AL.com. Who who did you compare him to when we after he committed Auburn? Because I know we made that comparison. He, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Drew. He's a George Pickens is an excellent player, and he reminds me a lot of it. when he was in high school. He has the same type of path of development that Herman Moore had. Herman Moore, fantastic wide receiver for years in the NFL for the Detroit Lions. Uh, when I watched George Pickens play uh, high school football, he reminds me of Herman Moore. Uh, his senior year playing high school football, and and I, I, you know, it's a great comparison, obviously, because I made it. But when he steps on campus sometime next year, uh, the whole world's going to be able to see how how great of an athlete and how great of a receiver that he really is. Yeah, it's Herman Moore out of Danville, Virginia, first round draft pick in 1991. Really a heck of a player. Oh, uh, so that's a big game. Uh, that was your game of choice last Friday. That's, that's two weekends at Hoover in a row. That's uh, that's got to be. Uh, you've never have you ever been to Hoover more than twice in a in a season? I I, I might have I don't remember I I'm, I'm pretty I'm probably have you know going to see their playoff games uh, over the past few years I've probably been there twice I don't like going to Hoover very much uh, my wife certainly doesn't like it she's scared for my safety when I go there so I'm trying to limit the the number of trips I take to Hoover uh, if I had to guess this is probably my last trip to Hoover this year uh, but who knows how things change and and. You know, maybe there's a huge game that I just have to go see at Hoover, and I might go do that. So uh, I'd imagine this is probably my last trip for the year, though. Okay. Um, shifting gears to the Alabama football game, and I, I imagine you, you watched at least a, a tape of it. Alabama 57, Arkansas State 7. I'm really, really glad you watch more college football because I know a lot of people want to get your expertise. A lot of Alabama fans who listen to this want to get your expertise on what's going on with the current team. I believe it was – Thursday night or Wednesday night, you tweeted that you were hearing some things. And, and uh, you know, when you're hearing some things, that usually means something's going on. And Was this pertaining to Jalen Hurts, the Alabama backup quarterback? Yeah, it was. What were you hearing, or at least what can you expand Drew, on? I can't, I can't expand on everything that I tweet. That's it. I was, just, I was just hearing some things. Were, were you hearing something about him redshirting or playing? Or, or what? I mean, maybe. Just gonna just gonna leave it at that. We That's have a loyal listener, Drew. I, I have sources that I spent my entire career cultivating uh, to give me information to help me in terms of seeing where these high school players are going. Uh, some of my sources are in high school. Some of my sources are in the college game. Some of my sources are in the NFL, Drew. And so I can't burn those sources just for your little mm-hmm. podcast. You know I love doing your podcast, Drew. It's my favorite part of the week, but. I can't, and in, 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 with the type of inter- integrity and character that I have, I can't report to you everything that I'm told. Understood, understood. And your Twitter handle is what again for our listeners? Oh, I love my Twitter handle, Drew. It's at, far, at, at Mark Jennings 55. That's one word, at Mark Jennings 55. You can find me there. You can also find me on email if you want to. The email is markbreaksdownfilm at aol.com. That's one word. 
Mark breaks down film at AOL.com. You can find me there. Twitter, I like Twitter a little more because it's a little more immediate reaction I can get. And, and you know, it's easier for me to respond. You know, email, i got to go log in and then figure out how to read the email. Figure and That's just a lot of work for me to do. I'd much rather just use the Twitter. So you can find me on either one, but I prefer the Twitter. Yeah, Mark Jennings, 55. I know you get a lot of reaction to that. And you're at uh, just past the 2,500 Twitter follower mark. So uh, we're, we're, we're keep, or continuing to build your individual brand. But speaking of Jalen Hurts, you know, I think, um, you know, a lot of people thought he's just going to automatically register this year, play his four games, and then move on, graduate transfer. Some people wondered, is he just going to not play this year at all? Just tell Coach Saban, hey, I quit. But it doesn't seem like he's going to do that. He wants to play. It was really surprising to me to see him go in. I think it was the fourth series of the game. And, uh, you know, he goes 7-9 for 93 yards, throws a couple of touchdowns. He did lose a fumble at the one-yard line. I thought he looked pretty good in the game itself. But it seems like he is a guy who's going to stick it out and, and maybe try to play. Now, there's no guarantee. He may not play again this year. But, you know, if you're really trying to hold him to that four games, then throwing him out there game one and game two, you know, that doesn't really fit that narrative. So what – um you know, your your perception of Jalen Hurts, and I know you probably dealt with his father, Coach Avarian Hurts at, at Channel View High School in the past. What's, you know, what's your analysis of the situation here? Well, uh, you know, Jalen's a team guy, and he wants to do well for the team and graduate and, and have a good legacy. I worry about the people around him, you know, the camp, as we say. Um, some of his family members, some of us are, are hangers-on. Who are, who are giving us some, some bad information. Uh, you, you know, I, I remember a conversation I had with Coach Hurts, Jalen's father, and he was asking me who Jalen reminded me of, and I told him honestly, and I, I, he reminds me of Tim Rosenbach. That's who he reminded me of, and Coach Hurts, you know, wanted me to tell him that his son was the next Cam Newton or whatever, and that just simply wasn't true. I'm not going to lie to the dad uh, to, or to the coach just to make him feel better, uh, you know, I wouldn't have had the success that I've had in my career if I wasn't honest with people. And I was honest with him. He didn't like that very much, and and, and I really haven't spoken to anybody in Channel View High since. I So, you know, it is what it is at this point. I think Jalen's a team guy. I think he wants to graduate and leave a good legacy. I don't – I don't. Jalen, deep down inside, you ask him, I don't think he wants to cause problems. Uh, but there are people around him who are gonna might cause some problems for him. And that that's a concern. Absolutely. Looking back at the game to Atungo Iloa, thirteen of twenty nine for two hundred and twenty eight yards, four touchdowns. He played the first, oh, I believe is the first four series. And, you know, he did have to the offensive line at the start of the game didn't look as well. Uh, they kinda had some protection issues, I thought. But uh Putting in Jalen in that series, you know, when the game is still, you know, I think it might have been 21 to nothing. But uh, how do you think that affects Tua when he has to come out after he's trying to get into a groove and trying to get ready for two big SEC games with Ole Miss and Texas A&M upcoming on the schedule? To be honest with you, Drew, I've never liked uh, in-game quarterback rotations. Uh, I think you have a quarterback and you need to stick with them. Um, and if a quarterback struggles – uh, you know, it only makes it worse if he's thinking if I throw an incomplete pass here, I'm going to get taken out of the game. That that doesn't help your team. Uh, it doesn't, certainly doesn't help your quarterback. It doesn't help your team develop faith in the quarterback as a leader on the field. So I, I've never liked it. You know, I, I you know, Alabama's done this before. 
about two decades ago. They had a situation where they rotated quarterbacks in and out of the game. I didn't like it then. You know, Clemson's doing it some now. I don't like it then. You know, I told Coach Sweeney a long time ago that's a terrible idea. He didn't listen. That's fine. Um, but I, I just don't like it. I think it messes with, with the quarterback, the first-string quarterback's rhythm and mojo, and Alabama's not going to be able to afford to do that as the schedule gets tougher and they start playing better teams. Yeah, I think Jalen's going to be ready if Tua gets hurt, but I think uh, going into this Ole Miss game, I think Tua needs to play the whole game, and uh, you know, unless he does get hurt. So I don't, I don't know what Jalen can bring. You know, if Alabama's up fourteen to seven after three series, they, I don't think it does any good to bring in Jalen. But I do hope he stays and, and plays maybe more than four games this year if that's what he wants to do and leaves a good legacy. He might even come back next year. You never know. So uh, going to a different position where we also saw some rotation, the kickers. Austin Jones, the graduate transfer from Temple, he attempted, I believe it was 104 extra point attempts over his career there. He missed his or missed most of his senior year because, I guess because of injury and got, got a red shirt. He missed two, and he's missed three in his first two games here. He got yanked for Joseph Boulevas, who did a lot better in the game. Uh, Boulevas is the red shirt freshman from Mandeville, Louisiana. What, what, why was Austin Jones missing these kicks? And even when the ones he made, he just barely seemed to get in, in the uprights uh, for these first two games. Yeah, I, something's off with his form. You can look at when he lines up for the kick. You know, I didn't watch the game live. I, I waited until I got the film uh, so I could break it down. And I'm sitting there flipping through the plays, watching the film, and watching him line up for those extra points. You can look at it and say, yeah, he's probably going to miss this one. His, his for, He starts off in a bad position. He's leaning uh, one way a little too much. And when you start off leaning the wrong way, it, it, it affects the whole process. And his entire kinematic motion is disturbed. And he doesn't have uh, – he can't get good accuracy on his kicks. And that's why he's struggling. To be honest with you, I don't know why the Alabama coaches haven't noticed this yet. Even in the Louisville game, he, he struggled some. And is, uh, I, believe, uh, I believe he made all the extra points against Louisville. Or did he miss one? I don't remember. Bruce. I thought he missed one, but I, I could be wrong here. I thought he missed one late in the game. But, You're right. Uh, he did miss one late. But he, he, his kicks haven't been clean. They look good coming off the foot, right? Um, yeah. It's like when you hit your driver on the golf course and you hit it a long way, but it goes in the woods 50 yards to the right. Uh, just because you hit it good, that's not the whole thing. He's he's hitting it good, but he's his form's off, and, and it's like your backswing, your backswing gets off, and, and you slice the ball into the woods. He's doing the same thing with the kicking motion, and, and I'm really surprised over the first week, after the first week, the album coaches didn't notice it and didn't say anything about it. So maybe they'll notice in the second week. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, he is, he is, his form's off right now, to be honest with you. Okay. So maybe if Joseph Boulevard gets in there and is Alabama's kicker going forward, what should our listeners know about him other than, you know, he redshirted last year. I think he hit five field goals in the spring game, so he looked pretty good there. But it looks like Austin Jones was able to, to win the job from him in fall camp. Yeah, I like Joseph Boulevard a lot. He's got a big leg. He's got a lot of confidence. Those are two things that you want in your kicker. Uh, I think he'll be pretty good this year. He didn't have a great high school career, um, but he didn't have a lot of development in high school. He did win a, a, a Chris Saylor kicking competition. Chris Saylor's the guy that holds all these uh, kicking clinics. And and Joseph Boulevard won one there, and he was an Army All-American. So I think he's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of confidence. He's got a, lot of big, he's got a big leg. So... Whether or not that uh, is going to um, compute into a successful on-the-field performance, I don't know yet because, you know, kickers are weird people anyway. 
But I, he he's a guy who, when he goes out there, he expects to make every every kick. Yeah, do you remember who you compared him to coming out of high school on a podcast you did about a year and a half ago? I, I do, Drew. You know, Drew, I remember all of my comps, Drew. And so yeah. I, I, it's like a like an elephant up here in the brain. I remember all my comps. His comp was Rolf Bernerski. Do you remember Rolf Bernerski, Drew? Yeah, I had a Boston who played for the Chargers. That Rolf Bernerski, I'm thinking of somebody that else. That Rolf Bernerski. That Rolf Bernerski is correct, Drew. You have excellent memory. And so uh, Rolf Bernerski has a big leg. Uh, just like Joseph Boulevard does, he can kick it a long way. Uh, and I, I, you know, when you watch him kick, they've got the same kicking motion, um, line up similarly. So I, I just think it's a perfect comparison for Joseph Boulevard. All right, that's a, that's a that's a great comparison. Some recruits were there at the game, and according to our friends at Tider Insider, Clay Webb, the five-star offensive lineman, was one of them. Maybe some of your people saw him, but a lot of Alabama commits. Pierce Quick, Tanner Bowles, DJ Dale, Dale Worsham, Jason Jones, Mississippi State defensive line commit Nathan Pickering is a really good one, and uh, you know Clemson commit Levante Bentley out of out of Jackson Olin High School. But Clay Webb is a guy that a lot of Alabama, a lot of people think he's an Alabama lock, and are but or they thought that, but then again he hasn't committed yet. So have you heard anything lately with the five star center from Oxford High School? Um, not lately. Well, I mean, nothing earth-shattering has come out lately. I, it's still probably Alabama. Uh, he's got an uncle that's very close to UGA. Is, is you know Kirby Smart's uh, manipulating with with negative recruiting tactics. And so George is a player here. Um, Auburn's still a player because he's from Oxford. My thoughts are still it's probably Bama at this point. I can't give a specific number on it. My thoughts are, you know, Georgia is is up there in the second choice. When was the last time that Georgia ever got a, a big time prospect out of Alabama that Alabama wanted? It just doesn't happen. So uh, I I would be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be I would be surprised if he went anywhere other than Alabama. Absolutely. So this week Alabama is at Ole Miss. Both teams are two and zero. And I think Alabama's a 21-point favorite. Uh, any keys to the game off, off the top of your head? What, what I'm interested in seeing is, first, this is going to be uh, Tua's first real road game. So I'm interested in seeing how he handles that environment. I suspect that he'll handle it very well. But that's still something I want to see. I also want to see how the Alabama secondary holds up uh, against that Ole Miss offense, and those Ole Miss wide receivers. You know, those Louisville receivers were, were pretty good. But these Ole Miss receivers are fantastic. They're just fantastic football players. And this is going to be maybe the biggest challenge to the secondary in terms of the quality of the receivers they're going to face all year. And I'm interested to see how they hold up. So Alabama can 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 do that and, and contain Ole Miss to, to an extent. Uh, they shouldn't have any problem in Oxford on Saturday. Uh, Ole Miss defense, uh, I can, you know, you look at the players on that roster – uh, I could tell you just without even watching the game that they were going to struggle. So the Ole Miss defense can give up a lot of points. Uh, how many points? It depends on how Tua plays and how he adapts to that road environment. And I also want to see how the Alabama, young Alabama secondary does uh, against the Ole Miss offense. All right. Hey, let's get to some questions. And you just mentioned your Twitter account and your email. We get a lot sent to at Mark Jennings 55 and we selected the best ones for this podcast we get a two-part question from Paul T. Graham, and since they're pretty, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of different. We'll just go one question at a time. And he says, "Who are the final recruits you expect to fill out in this 2019 class?" And I know you're hearing things on several of them, but is there anybody in particular you know you 
maybe even mark down and pin. Well, one guy for certain is going to be Trey Sanders. He's a running back from IMG Academy down in Florida. He's a big back who fits the offense well. Uh, some say he's the top running back in the nation. Uh, I'm going to wait until uh, the season's over before I make that uh, assessment or not. But uh, he's, the, he's the type of running back that Coach Saban really likes. He's, he's you know, big, bruising back. So uh, he for sure is be part of the class. All right, Paul's next question is, what do you know about this 2021 prospect from Pinson Valley with the catchy nickname? And the guy who he's talking about, and I'll ask you about him just a second, is Jaquincy McKinstry. He's a top cornerback in this class, and uh, his nickname is Kool-Aid. And when I went out there to Pinson Valley before, this has been last spring, spring of 2017, and I was asking the coaches about the top players, and they had just gotten there. This is Coach Patrick Nix, and his offensive coordinator is a guy named Arvia Holmes, who actually goes to my church at Green Valley. He's at Minor High School now, and he was. They they just gotten there, so they're still learning the guys. But he said, "Just remember this guy. They call him Kool Aid. They didn't know his name, or they couldn't remember it at the time." So, uh, Jaquincy McKinstry, nicknamed Kool Aid. Um, what do you think about his nickname, Mark? And what do you think about McKinstry as a player? Well, just to, just so we're clear, I know I know him as Jaquincy McKinstry. Uh, Kool Aid is a nickname, correct? It's not like a middle name. That's too. That's what I believe. Okay. Well, I, you know, I'm going to call him by his, his Christian name, uh, DeKinstry McQuincy. So, yeah, great player. Uh, one of the top DBs in the class of 2021. Might be the top DB in the class of 2021. He did a great job of limiting George Pickens when Hoover played Pinson Valley in Week One. Right now, uh, McKinstry is about a six foot. Six feet tall, 195-pound sophomore. Uh, so he's already big. He can put on a little bit more muscle and play even bigger. Um, I think he's a state top prospect right now, to be honest with you, for the class of 2021. And he's an Alabama lock at this point. So uh, Alabama's have a great player coming in Mr. McQuincy uh, in 2021. Do you have any, any comparison for him yet? Well, Drew, I think we've been doing this podcast long enough. You should know by this point that I don't do comparisons to until the player's junior year. So we're going to uh, – I'm going to lay off on that and stop and wait until next year before we do a, do a comparison. I like to make sure the player's completed his, his junior year. That's when, you know, uh, the he's fully grown by that point, and I can look at his play by the end of the junior year and make a solid comparison. I don't want to make a comparison – uh, to the the list of the podcast, the loyal listeners that we have, and 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 short them in any way uh, by making a comparison without having all the information. So I'm going to hold off on making that uh, podcast. Uh, excuse me, a comparison right now. Okay, um, Graham Flanagan at Graham Flanagan tweets at Mark Jennings five five. Mark, do you think that Alabama should bench Tua because the more he plays, the more film upcoming upcoming opponents get of him to break down. Sitting him most of last season gave the University of Georgia very little film to break down before this national championship. Mark, do you have an answer for Graham's question? First off, Graham, thank you for the question. Honestly, it's one of the best questions we've ever had. And you do make a great point. You know, UGA didn't have a lot of film on them to break down. The problem that, that we have now is we have, you know, there's what we call diminishing returns in terms of film. You know, you lot, you watch, you learn a lot more watching plays 1 through 10 then you do 11 through 20, and you learn a lot more from 10 to 20 than you do, say, 101 to 110. So at this point, I think the benefits of sitting him uh, so that the opposition can't have as much film are are lower than the cost. Uh, 
in terms of his development and getting him reps. So I, I don't I don't think that's a good idea for the number of plays he's already played. Good deal. Thank you, Graham. Uh, we get a Twitter question from at a Terry 65 and he asks, uh, is there any encouragement or advice that you can give Austin Jones so that he can start making his extra points? Well, you know, uh, you know, 25, 30 years ago, whenever it was, you know, coach Stallings was talking to me about a kicker that he had that, that had a really good first season and then started struggling a little bit. And I said, what changed? And, and, and coach Stallings said, well, I made him stop smoking marijuana. I said, Coach, why'd you do that? And he said, Well, I can't have that on my team. I said, Coach, kickers, you know, you got to let them do their own thing. And and Austin Jones has to be able to do his own thing. We you know we talk about Coach Saban in the process and and playing the same way every play and really just turning into a machine. Well, that works for for all the positions except for your kickers and your punters and really your specialists in general. Um, you go out there and they're only playing five plays a game. Uh, they're going to be nervous. Uh, they're going to be tight. Uh, they're not going to have the best form as we've talked about with Austin Jones already on the podcast. So I, I think that that you know I'm not saying that Austin Jones should start smoking marijuana. What I'm saying is is that he needs to be able to do his own thing and be a little loose and, and you know, whatever he needs to do to relax uh, and stay calm so, so he, can, he can have better, uh, more success on the field with his kicking. Right on. Jonathan Kingsford at Elephant Stomp 92 asks Mark Jennings 55, who will be the best college quarterback among Talia Tungavailoa, Paul Tyson, or Bo Nix? I think the answer here is Talia. You know, I think Bo Nix probably looks more like a quarterback. Uh, my concern is, is he's, you know, we've talked about this with other players before. Bo Nix is, is peaking now in high school, and he could have a career path at Auburn, maybe you know, compared to someone like Neil Cottle or something. Uh, so I, I think to lose is a better college quarterback. I also think that I could have concerns about Auburn and the way to develop quarterbacks. Um, you know, all the successful quarterbacks they've had have been transfers. So that's another concern. Uh, so I think Talia is going to be be the best be the best player. Um, Paul Tyson has a chance, but I'm concerned about his mobility at the college level. Uh, I do love his arm and his vision. Is actually his ability, is actually his ability to read defenses. But you know, when the play breaks down, I'm concerned about Paul Tyson's ability to 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 scramble and, and get positive yards out of a play. So that's why I think Talia is going to be the best quarterback out of all three of those. All right, that's a great question, Jonathan. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we hear from Mike Doring at Mike underscore Doring. What must the defense do to contain this explosive Ole Miss offense next Saturday? Uh, and obviously, Ole Miss has got a pretty good senior quarterback, Jordan Tamu, who is also from Hawaii, just like Tully, uh, like Tua Tungavailoa. Well, what's really going to help is is the Alabama defense has been going against Tua uh, for the better part of the last year, all spring practice and all this year in the fall, and so. They're all going to have experience going against a Hawaiian quarterback, so he knows uh, you know, they can better predict the, the snap count and the cadence and be able to read the audibles better just because they're more familiar with the Hawaiian language. So I, I think that's going to be one of the big keys is Alabama already has a lot of experience with this and, and practice every day. So that's going to be the big thing right there. If they can take advantage of that, uh, they might be able to have a successful day Saturday. I think Ole Miss is going to be able to hit some pretty big plays just because of the talent they have. 
But sustaining that uh, those type of, of positive yardage and big plays throughout the whole game is going to be real difficult. All right, we hear from Morgan Plot at Mo Plot twenty eight. He says, "How did your dip and dots business go at the game yesterday? Hopefully, better than our kicking game." First off, I want to say again, uh, Morgan has as tweeted us before and asked us questions. His name sounds familiar. I first of all I want to say how great it is that we have female listeners, and and it's nice to. To, to add some some feminine quality to the podcast. Uh, so, Morgan, thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate all women football fans in general, but especially you for sending questions to our podcast. To answer your question, it went great. You know, I talked about it earlier. We had a lot of success with the Dippin' Dots, and, and, you know, we're not ready to expand just yet, but we're going to see how the rest of the season goes, and if it does, we're going to see if we can start expanding into selling Dippin' Dots in other states around the country. All right, good question, Morgan. Uh, uh, Bashal the God at B-S-H-A-W-T-H-A-G-O-D, asked Mark Jennings, is it better for the team to get Jalen game reps and experience and as much experience as possible, or is it best for the team to redshirt him and move on? I don't know if Alabama should should move on from Jalen. I, I think if he wants to play, uh, it, you know, it, you, you need to find a role for him. We're talking about a guy who started 28 games and got beat out. So just, you know, moving on I don't think is, is, is a good idea uh, for, for Coach Saban to do. Uh, you know, it's up to what Jalen, the coaches, decide at this point. You know, he is graduating in December. Um, so if he takes the red shirt, he can still play two more games and take a red shirt. Uh, my concern would be, you know, if you play him two more games uh, and he wants a red shirt, you know, two it goes down. You know, Jalen's not going to be there because he's going to redshirt. So that's a concern that I would have. I think if they need to, if they, if that's something they're going to do, they need to make that decision in the next coming days uh, before they go to Oxford. Uh, you can't just just play them four games and say we're going to redshirt. Cause now you're in a bond when November gets here and and two is out for a week, or you get into the playoffs. You know, so I, I just think that they need to go ahead and make a decision on what they're going to do, and that's the 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 fair thing to both parties here. Absolutely. Faulkner Williams emails Mark Breaks Down Film at AOL.com. Asks, Mark, what do you think about Homewood High School senior quarterback, three-year starter with no real college offers? And I know you uh, you break down film of, of all types of prospects. I believe he's talking about Larkin Williams, who I had a chance to see last Saturday, uh, last Friday in their big win over, uh, over, over, gosh, who did they play? It was Pelham in a Class 6, 6A Region 5 game. Homewood's one of the top teams in 6A. I believe Larkin Williams, 13-27, 101 yards, had a couple of nice runs. What's your evaluation here? I think he's a good player. My concern is uh, I'm not. he's a good high school quarterback. He's a good game manager. I'm not totally sure that his talent would transfer to a, a high college program. You know, I, I think he's, he's one of those guys that's a winner. You know, he's like a, he's like a truck, Drew. You know, he's like a big old pickup truck. It's always there for you, always reliable. You can use it to haul stuff everywhere. But you know you're not gonna. It's not gonna win a street race. So that's what Larkin Williams is. I, I think he's more of a Division Two type of talent, and I think that he can find a home there and be a pretty good Division Two player. I'm just concerned about his. I just don't think he has the talent level to succeed in in a, in a big time college program. Absolutely. And our last question from Bama Pro Updates. He asked Mark Jennings five five. Is it true that a team never improves more than it does between its first and second games? Uh, I'm sorry. Will you repeat that question, Drew? I'll make sure I heard you correctly. <laughs> yeah. 
is it true that a team never improves more than it does between its first and second games? What what type of question is that? Uh, it's just a question from Bama Pro Updates. What, what is that? A team never improves. What? Who thinks that? Who told? Who told? Who who sent this question again? Uh, Bama Pro Updates on Twitter. D- does he honestly believe that? Do you think? I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe you could twist that. Mean, isn't it pretty, that's a pretty silly thing to say. Right. Te- teams improved the most between the first and second games. But yeah. What What is an example of that? You know, I don't know. Maybe they improved more between game four and five or game seven and eight. I, I don't know. I just think it's silly to say, you know, your team went out week one and then you got a bunch better and then you're not, you didn't improve nearly as much every single week the rest of the year. I think that's silly. That's just a real dumb thing to say. Does he actually, do you think he actually thinks that? No, I think this guy spends too much time uh, looking at, out at pro football injury lists and stuff about Ricky Tarrant these days. Based on his Twitter feed, yeah, I, I just, I just don't, I, yeah, that's just a silly question. Whatever right. he's doing, he need to, he needs to stop. You know, I, I just, I just think it, he, he would be better off if he focused on other endeavors other than team improvement, because clearly he has no clue what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, I gotta be honest with you, Drew. We've got a lot of most of our questions are really good. We, what we need, we need somebody to filter out the questions, is what we need. Maybe, 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 maybe we can hire an intern or something. I don't know. But whatever we need to do, I mean, that, that question should not be on the podcast. That's just a stupid question. All right, we'll see I, if I we can get it. I guess you're supposed to say there's no such thing as a stupid question, but, I mean, that's a stupid question, to be real honest with you. Do we, are you listening to Pro Updates, uh, make better questions. I'm, hmm. I'm kind of offended, Drew, to be honest with you. Do we have it in our budget to hire an intern? We might. I might be able to take some of my dipping Dots money and hire an intern. Let me ask Caden what he says. So he right. thinks that's a good idea. I think that's a good way to wrap up this edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. You can follow Mark on Twitter at MarkJennings55. You can follow me at Drew Champlin, C-H-A-M-P-L-I-N. Find our podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tell your friends, give us a nice review. That's the only way that the podcast, the word can get out is by you telling all your friends to subscribe and keep listening. Mark Jennings, thank you so much again for joining us this week. Drew, I'm sorry that, that this has ended. This is my favorite part of the week, and I, I, I wish that we could do it longer, but I understand time constraints. I, I'm just going to say I look forward to doing this again real soon, hopefully next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much to everybody who listened.